Working abroad does not always run like a dream all the time. Challenges and adversities may be part of the package. If it's not easy task to endure hardship in your own country, just imagine having to deal with intense feelings such as homesickness, loneliness and a tight budget in a foreign land. Adjusting to a new environment, trying to socialize, working long hours or even extreme weather can also be inevitable sources of stress and anxiety. Each person handles things like that in a different way and of course there is no recipe for success. However, if you're willing to face the music, you may grow into a more self-reliant and confident person. My name is Patricia Busato, English teacher at Cultura Inglesa, and when things didn't go as planned when I was living abroad, I would always count on as song goes, a little help from my friends. But enough about me, I'm here to interview someone who's gone through quite a lot when working abroad. My name is Walter Curti. I'm also a, a teacher Cultura Inglesa, and I can definitely say that living and working in Canada changed my life forever. And this is Cultura Inglesa Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Cultura Inglesa Podcast. talking about challenges and adversities in foreign lands, which might be the source of many students' anxiety even before going abroad. Today we have a very special guest, my good old friend from Cultura Inglesa. Welcome to Cultura Inglesa podcast, Walter. Thanks for having me, Pachi. Sure, thanks for coming. Uh, Walter, you lived and worked in Canada, right? First of all, why Canada? When did you move and how long did you stay there? Uh, that was uh, that was not an easy uh, thing to decide. Uh, I, 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 I wasn't sure where I was, I was gonna go, but I can tell you that it was all about prices. So mm-hmm. when when taking that decision, and in my case, and I know to a lot of people out there, the same thing. It, would, it goes the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. It is all about how much you're gonna pay uh, to you know. Everything is included. How much you're going to pay for mm-hmm. the school, where we're going to study. Uh, is it possible to find a job? Can you get a job? Uh, you also have to pay for the uh, the work permit, like uh, the, the visa mm. that allows you to, to get a job. And Canada just, it seemed like, uh, it, you know, the obvious decision. I, I thought about mm-hmm. uh, going to the UK or Australia But Canada was just a, a, a much better option, you know, money-wise. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, also, uh, I, I think that, you know, the odds are against you. So the, the, you have to be very careful when, when you're going to decide the places where you're going to go. And, you know, Canada was just the best place for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that I chose Canada. I think it was the best thing. Ah, great. Yeah, lots of people have been talking about moving to Canada, right? When did you go? Um, I, I, I left Brazil in, on, I think it was April 2011. Uh, I stayed there mm-hmm. for a bit over a year. 
Yeah. Uh, when I say a bit, basically a day. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we should round up to a year. Uh, All right. But it was, yeah, it was tw and, 2011. And I see. Ah, all right. And and where did you stay there? Where did you live? Where while Toronto? You were there? I, I I I lived in Toronto the entire time. Mm, were you living by yourself, or did you live with a host family, or? I yes, I had a host family. Uh, the host family was. Uh, they were not Canadian. They were not a Canadian family. Oh. They were Indian, uh, an Indian family that had been there for over thirty years. Uh, I did not have the best experience with my host family. Uh, I gotta really? say, it was uh, it was just for a month. Uh, partially, the, the truth is, I left Brazil. I had paid for six months at a grade school, and I knew mm -hmm. what I was gonna do there. I was going there for the language. I, that's that was my goal from you know from the beginning, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna be there for this and that only, right? Uh, okay. But I had $600 in my pocket. Mm. I, I had the school that was paid for. And um, I also had, uh, yeah, I had health insurance that I made sure I had because uh, I was too scared. Sure. <laughs> but, yeah, that's not well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But then that was it. Like, you get in there, you have one month to find a job you have six hundred dollars in your pocket and you 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 gotta go for it you gotta decide what you're gonna do you gotta find a work a, a, a job an opportunity something and you know keep it going so it was okay. very stressful the beginning was very I very stressful imagine. yeah and how did it go by the end of the first month you had to leave uh to another place right I did. you had to move out from the host family's house so what did you do what happened there after a month um I, I the, the first thing I did and this is um, I think it's uh, it, it's all about networking right because I, mm -hmm. I wasn't a very tight a very tight uh, budget and people in my school uh, when you're studying one of those places because I, I come from a working class family right mm -hmm. so I, I pretty much knew what I could and what I couldn't do uh, I was 21 but I was fairly responsible at times, <laughs> but, but in, like money-wise, I was fairly responsible, I have to say that. And uh, so the beginning was like, you, you got to save money every, everywhere, everywhere you go and no matter what you're doing. But I needed to network. Uh, so I learned that Toronto had these Portuguese neighborhoods. They have... Portuguese, Greek, and Italian neighborhoods in there. Entire areas full of people who came from these places. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I was told that if I went to Little Portugal, that's what the, mm -hmm. the, the neighborhood's called, I would probably find places where they, 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 you know, you can meet people who are looking for, you know, workers and you could find something, get something. And, mm -hmm. and I did, I went there. Um, I actually have a funny story about that because the, the family, mm. they, they told me the name of the street I needed to go was, it, it, they pronounced it in a certain way. Uh, uh. But then I said that in the street and nobody would understand. It I was like, I, I'm, I'm certain I'm pronouncing this the right way. So I, you know, but I was pronouncing 
it uh, with uh, an Indian accent mixed with my Brazilian <laughs> accent. I think it was a mess. So <laughs> nobody knew it was like, well, until somebody said, oh, you mean Bathurst? Uh, and I'm, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's that's the street. Okay, so, oh, yeah. And then I went there, and then they have those, um, you know, uh, currency exchange places, and then there is this mm-hmm. board, and then people just, uh, they just, oh, yeah, I need somebody to work uh, for this amount of hours and, like, for uh, these days of the week and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And then I got... Um, I got a cleaning job. I got a job as a cleaner mm-hmm. on Saturdays and Sundays. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and at that moment, I could already breathe again because I was very scared, okay. right? Like, okay, the mo- when the money, I, I, I'm not going to have any money next month. I need to survive on this. So I needed to make enough money mm. and I needed to pay rent. Uh, sure. and, and then that job would pay me $800 a month, okay, right? Working Saturdays and Sundays yeah. from 8 in the morning to 8 p.m. Oh, in the building, wow. in, a, in the building, it, 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 uh, a residential area. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was the first experience. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, that must have been hard, right? But I'm glad everything worked out. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But it was hard. Uh, Yeah, it was hard. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you pronounced just a word, uh, in a way that people wouldn't understand. Did you have any other problems uh, concerning the, the level of English you had at that time? Yes, I, I, I had huge problems understanding people. I, I was, how, how, the best way to put it, it's, uh, uh, I can't believe how like fearless and unafraid I was at that time. <laughs> uh, it, it just sounds so irresponsible now. But the, the kind of thing <laughs> Why that, would you say that? Uh, uh, but I because, mean, being fearless is good, right? To, to learn a language, actually. You make mistakes and you learn through your mistakes, Absolutely, right? absolutely. It is, mm-hmm. it is the best thing and it worked out the best way for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can tell you that I went from a very low level to uh, mm-hmm. a much higher level very quickly and then and mm-hmm. I, I think that sort of you know in this case I'm, I'm just just for the sake of it I'm gonna say it's kind of baldness really like you you just mm-hmm. you're just bald like you you try things mm-hmm. you know you're unaf- right. you're not afraid of putting yourself in the spot and speaking the most you can and I, I spoke I could communicate listening mm-hmm. was the problem so listening, oh, really? yes, How listening come? was definitely the problem. You, you and I know that this is not a common thing to see. Most people mm. they develop their listening skills much earlier than than, than mm-hmm. their speaking skills, right? Mm-hmm. Usually goes yeah. that the other way. But anyway, not for me, <laughs> not for me. Oh, interesting. I see. Okay. Do you think that had anything to do with the accent, with the Canadian accent, or not really a lack of listening training, maybe? Uh, it, or... it was 100% listening training. Uh, oh, the, wow. The Canadian accent, especially the, the, the accent in Toronto, it's beautiful. It's very, very clear, you know, so that, that wasn't a problem at all. Um, mm-hmm. 
M plus parte em Canada, em Toronto, I should say that I don't know now, but I, at the time I had teachers telling me that only 30% of the population in Toronto were actual Canadians. Was 70, where 70% of the population was made of foreigners. That's shocking to me. I never heard about that. Yes, yes. So oh, you, wow. you, you don't... A mix of everything. And I, I think that kind of creates a barrier because uh, you, you don't... If you're a foreigner, you just... It's just... You, you don't usually have Canadians uh, like that close to you. To except interact for your teachers, with, yeah. Except for your teachers, I see. yeah. You're, you're surrounded by students first. Mm. And I'm talking right. about, I, I was studying with people from Saudi Arabia, like people from mm. Europe in general, and lots of Japanese students. No Chinese students, mm. uh, okay. funnily enough, but yeah, mm -hmm. lots of Asians, Koreans, and Japanese students, and, and then, you know, all sorts of accents mixed up in one place. That wow. in school, right, right. I, but I mean, if I you think... go out there to the real world, you know, after mm. school hours, it was just about the same thing lots of foreigners and what about brazilians because when you go abroad you tend to see these very tight groups of brazilians they they just speak portuguese they don't they don't speak the language in the country and sometimes they even uh do this exchange they go on these exchange programs and they come back to brazil uh the same level they they left you know they don't learn english at all they just socialize with brazilians so mm -hmm. uh did you did you try to avoid this kind because you were there to study right um that, that this is a this was, was this this is something that was quite difficult for me um oh. i i i didn't have many brazilian friends i had three i i i, mm -hmm. I you know I remember their names. I, I'm not in touch with them, but Rodrigo, Bruno, and Daniel. They were Brazilians whom I, like, I met them in school and, you know, they're good friends. But I, I became friends with them because we're people from, you know, similar backgrounds. We're all there for the same reason. Um, and uh, I, I just couldn't... I would talk, I would be friendly towards other Brazilians in schools, but, but the truth is, it, it's like uh, the school had a policy. If, the, if you were speaking Portuguese in the hallways during break time, uh, they would actually, uh, they would tell you about it and they would get yeah. your marks, you know, they'll give you marks for that, oh. that you lose marks that would be important I for you to imagine. progress and pass to the next level. So you that couldn't speak Portuguese sense. there. Right. Well, in truth, mm -hmm. a lot of people did. <laughs> a lot of people didn't care. <laughs> but then yeah. you go outside of the school in front of it's a building. So people are there having their coffee and then you, you have the groups, right? So lots okay. of uh, Spanish students, Italian students, Brazilian students. And, and, you know, we're Latin people, right? So we get along. Same. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I could tell you that the Germans in school, they would speak English amongst each other. Right. which was quite interesting okay. to see but yes. the brazilians the spanish ones and the and the italian students not at all <laughs> i don't yeah. even know what that was but i i i avoided at all costs so um yeah i just didn't do it i wouldn't speak portuguese to brazilians which feel silly you feel silly if you do it 
I can right? imagine. So yeah, the yeah. best thing to me was like, I would not be in a group full of Brazilians except when there were foreigners, like German students, Russian students in the group. Then then I, okay. I would be okay with it because I knew we would be speaking English. I see, yeah. Well, what was it like outside the school hours? So you you were like living the Canadian uh, way of life in a way, right? And you told me something the other day that was uh, uh, something that made me think a lot about uh, you being a Latin student there, uh, but being recognized as a white man. Can you please uh, expand on that a little bit? Uh, oh, it's, it's one of those sad, sad truths of life, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a fairly white person. Uh, if I'm in a place like Canada or Europe, I, I think I can recognize myself a, 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 as a Brazilian, you know, mm. like, my, my mom's not that white, really, mm -hmm. but uh -huh. I look very white. Like, uh, I was a blonde kid and very white kid. And then when I say kid, I was 21. I wasn't a kid. <laughs> but, but anyway. In a way, in a way. In, in, in a way, yeah. I look back and I was like, oh, kid. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think that the first moment was right in, the like, the first week. The first week, I, I well, there was a Brazilian in my school, one of those that I mentioned, his name is Rodrigo, and he he was just like me, we're both Latins, but he looked very Latin, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he had darker right. skin, you know, uh, so his complexion was darker in any way, mm -hmm. and... and uh, we were we were we both got the work permit and the study mm -hmm. visa. So we were comparing passports and we opened our passports and his passport had nine restrictions. Oh and man. mine had one. Oh and, that's and, and they say Canada is a very uh there there is some sort of warmth uh, uh towards foreigners that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah they that's say what they're we yeah they're yeah. very accepting of other other uh, other cultures but uh up until then at least and people already said that that you know it, mm. it, you're gonna be fine this is a country that they're friendly to 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 foreigners mm -hmm. uh i can tell you I, I saw things i heard things so if mm -hmm. you're asian uh I, i'm i'm uh, I, I don't know if Brazilians have, you know, that notion, if they know uh, uh, how Asians are treated around the world, really. Mm -hmm. But there is mm -hmm. there is a big problem, really. Uh, if you're Asian, if That's you're sad. Latin, you know. And I think that okay. that was the first time that I, 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 I discovered how uh, racism works, uh, how okay. it works. And uh, not to me, but to others. But I, I, I like to think that I do have the empathy to to see that, right? And not to right. be that like be. that, right? Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that's that that was when I discovered I'm a white man. You know. I see. Yeah. And and I do think that maybe it was easier to get a job because of those reasons. You know, if I look back, 
you know. Wow, that's truly, yeah, sad. And yeah, it comes as a shock when you realize absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, um, I know that nowadays you're a married man. Yep. But I would like you to <laughs> tell us a little bit about nightlife, relationships, what happened there? Um, can you share? Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Uh, the nightlife. Well, so the first thing, I, I, I think it's very important to, to say, like, I didn't mention this before. I hadn't mentioned it in the beginning of this episode, but... Um, I, I was a kid from the countryside, so uh -huh. yeah, I, I had never had to get in a bus to go anywhere inside the same right. city. I had mm -hmm. never taken the subway when I moved to Canada, you mm -hmm. know, so I was like, yeah, yeah, small town boy, you know, but I <laughs> right. love the big city, man. Oh, God. Anyway, so I got in there the first day. They just like, okay, so this is how you're going to go to school. You go to this street, you get this bus, you go, you, you get off the bus here, you go downstairs, you get the subway, you go south, and like, go south, and so like, 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 that, <laughs> that kind of, like, that kind of <laughs> thing, and, and by the way, by then, you know, I hadn't learned much, so it was all very, very difficult to understand and not to get lost, uh, which I did. Yeah. Which I mm -hmm. did. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but the, I, I think that the whole landscape is very different because, like, to me, going to a party meant a very different thing, you know, mm -hmm. like, so, yeah. And then in the beginning, I would go to, I would go to these places where all the students were going. So the Madison mm -hmm. pub, which is supposed to be the biggest uh, uh, pub in the world, there were... 18 different environments you get in there and oh. in one of the rooms it's like two huge houses and each room uh -huh. is a different environment they're doing something there so the, the, everything changes so if you're in the basement there are sports it's a it's a sports bar so you have tvs oh. people are watching ufc people are watching nfl you know whatever it is oh, the okay. next uh, uh story you know you go into you go upstairs and then there's a guy playing the piano and everybody's singing and and i'm like <laughs> and everything is just so different you know um but then after a while i kind of got I, i i grew tired of those places first uh -huh. I, i i didn't really have the money to okay. to be or to go to places like that if i wanted to go out every week and i wanted to enjoy i wanted to get to know people and places i mm -hmm. wanted to practice wanted to speak english and i wanted to have fun right uh i i did i did and i had a very stressful life you know i was 21 i wanted to have fun anyway so I, afterwards uh i met I, I had friends from, you know, different places, but there were different stages, right? So uh, yeah. after uh, like six months later, my English is much better. And I, I had this, um, this Canadian girlfriend, her name was Megan. And, uh, mm. and things started to change because then my group of friends were Canadians. Oh, I see. Right? So I wasn't, wow. I wasn't friends with, uh, Like people from my school, they were coming to school, spending uh, like a month or two or three and going back home. 
So right. new groups will come and you make new friends. But then uh, and then school was over and I hired a private teacher. I wanted I, I already knew by then that I was going to be a teacher. So I when I moved there, I didn't know. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I it didn't just know fell that. in my lap. Right. <laughs> I took a course. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. <laughs> but, Go on. But yeah, so after that, like the, the nightlife that I experienced, like going to, to places that only like Canadians would uh, frequent. And I, and I started going to much smaller pubs, but that were mm. just as much fun. Uh, but by then it was winter, so I'm talking like in Toronto. It, it, Toronto doesn't get much snow. It's like knee high, so it's not much snow. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but you know, the, these pubs, uh, these pubs were they were definitely a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, cool. yeah, that that's a little bit about the nightlife. There are things mm -hmm. I'm not gonna mention. <laughs> I'm joking. Of course, I'm, I'm yes, joking. not at least an hour anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but I, I can tell you the the nightlife in, in Canada is it, it's vivid. Even I when see. it's winter, okay, there are lots of options. Being a young uh, man and coming from the countryside in Brazil, um, would you say there were lots of recklessness and a, a lot of, you know, um, things that you would never do if you were if it was nowadays? I mean, like dangerous situations you would put yourself into, like maybe going to places or, or I don't know, something like like you say, oh, how could I have done that? Yeah. I <laughs> The first thing is is uh, I, I I can't I, I, I you know I look back and uh, I, I am definitely not the same person mostly because of that, but I think I had other experiences in my life that also changed that changed me. So we are constantly changing, right? Uh, sure. uh -huh. but, but the thing is, uh, I, I guess I, I grew up in a very uh, religious family. Uh, mm -hmm. I so I was there. I, when I got there, I was a much more judgmental person, right? I and and uh -huh. you know that you change. If you have an open mind, you will change, and that's a good thing. Uh, I think it's a yeah, good you thing, right? For the better. But and then I think that the boy from the countryside, you know, had to change <laughs> because he wouldn't survive in that place. So mm. you know. But then in terms of being reckless, yes, there were many moments of recklessness. Uh, like, uh, f first of all, because I was inexperienced and I had absolutely mm -hmm. no guidance, right? Oh. So I, 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 one of the jobs that I mentioned before even I got that job in, the, in, the, in, in that building, uh, the cleaning job, I had I got a job as a cleaner cleaning a supermarket in Vaughan. Mm -hmm. and, and if you know Toronto, you how you know how far that is. And oh. even though it's 2011, the the technology was very different. My I had a very <laughs> terrible phone and I didn't have <laughs> GPS, so you would actually see me 
in the middle of the street opening up a map and it's like where am i <laughs> and and then you look at the lines of the you know the buses and the subway and i it, and, and the thing is i had to go and clean the supermarket at 3 a.m what yeah i had to to go in that there and, and and that's how desperate i was and mm -hmm. but i didn't even think how dangerous that that was you know okay uh, so i went in there i cleaned the place uh it was me and two more uh foreigners obviously latins uh -huh. obviously mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. there's also that like if you're from india you get jobs as taxi driver uh, uh, or something like that. But if you're a Latin, you get cleaning jobs, that, that kind of thing. I, I have okay. to say that it all goes with the English. If you are below B1 level, intermediate level, oh. you won't get a good job. You, you, oh, really? Yeah. You can barely... I mean, let's say you went to university. One of the Brazilians I mentioned before... He had a degree mm. from a very respectable university in Brazil, but his mm. English wasn't okay. So he didn't even get a, a, an opportunity to cut his teeth. He had <sighs> nothing there. He couldn't, like, he had to... I found him a job for the same company I got, right? Uh, okay. we, but the thing is, we both, uh, we, we had the work permit, so we could work, right? Mm-hmm. But in, as far as recklessness goes, uh, I would say I like finding an apartment moving because i moved like three times mm -hmm. right and not mm -hmm. counting on the on the homestay anyway uh it wasn't easy and and then i think there were moments in which it was it could have been dangerous like uh like being being lost outside of mm. the, the the city at 3 a.m like it's it's not a good place to be you know it's it's mm -hmm, not a good case. Sure. You don't you don't want to put yeah. yourself in that situation. You you have to be Definitely. careful. You want to get a job, but you gotta get you gotta be safe. You gotta play safe. So you know, uh, first mm. there are many people out there who want to exploit you. So I was almost scanned. Uh, really? Somebody tried to scan me. Like uh, they, you know, one of these. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how it works, but they were like, oh, you, you have to help us sell this thing. And then they were clearly not going to pay me. Yeah, oh. I actually got okay. I actually got a job selling hot water tanks. <laughs> oh, makes sense. Yes. So, so this guy winter. tells me, okay, this is how it goes. Uh, every house in Canada has a hot water tank that is heat. Uh, it's heated by gas and keeps that water mm -hmm. warm and it, it is delivered to every tap in the house. Okay. That's how it goes, mm -hmm. right? So uh, we had to go house by house, door by door, talk to people and see, okay, if you have this hot water tank, the government gonna, uh, uh, is going to pay for a new one for you. It's going to subsidize and you get this new hot water tank for free. Was it true? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts, but they were like, if they oh. if they accepted, the company mm. would replace their hot water tank, and I, who convinced mm. that person to do it, would get one hundred thirty dollars. And I, I, I was I was getting eleven dollar. Uh, 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 I was getting eleven dollars for working uh, in uh, uh, cleaning jobs. It would be eleven dollars. If you, if you, I also got jobs in constructions. I, I went to a house and I had to help them destroy 
<laughs> destroyed the house, just put the, the walls down. Yeah, when I left, my my hands were bleeding. <laughs> But, and that was $15 an hour. I never complained, really. But the best job was really like painting. Painting paid me some good money. It was kind of a fun job. And I got to see another um, layer of society that I had never been exposed to. You know, mm, which was uh, which mm. was the rich. Like I, oh. I, I was painting a house okay. in Vaughan, guys. Not in Vaughan. I'm sorry, in Brampton. This is Jim Carrey city, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I see. So it's yeah. outside. It's not in Toronto. Uh, that house, my boss told me at the time, this is a three million dollar house, and we can we're gonna work, and we cannot make any noise. So you, sure. you look at the like you, you're painting one room for and it's $800 to paint one room. Oh right? wow. And yep, yeah, of course the room was enormous, but that's one hour job. <laughs> that's one hour job. So you yeah. uh, you I got some good money out of that. And again, okay. that was in the beginning, my English was not the best anyway. Uh but then the, the I, I I think um, I'm sorry, I keep digressing. But <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. That's why we're here for. Yeah. Let's, I, let's I, just I completely on. forgot how I got in here <laughs> to this job. We, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about uh, like really getting to the life of a Canadian, and then you were coming from the these jobs you were, would make oh, yeah, eleven dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you started making yeah. more money. Yeah. And then yes, yes, yes. And then there was the hot water tank uh, selling the job. And the, the, yeah, and, the, and, I worked for those guys for two weeks, didn't make a penny, and then I gave it up. I was oh. like, yeah. And, and everybody else who was working with me, nobody's making anything, and they were native speakers, so I was like, This is that this is not gonna work. So I gotta get the myself hot, out of this. I see the hot, the hot, the hot water, water tank. tank. Guys, yeah. they never paid you. They never paid me anything. Yeah, and, I see. yeah. It was fun. I was working with this guy who was from Australia, so I, I mm. kind of learned a bit of you know of that accent, that culture. So mm. it was fun. I, I appreciate it. So you gotta see that there, you know, there are advantages, you know, every situation can be advantageous if you look at mm. it from a certain point of view. Sure. But I yeah, couldn't yeah. afford two weeks work without any payment. So that, that was again, wow. myself that's, being that's... reckless. But I, I, I even had jobs which I quit because people were speaking Spanish or Portuguese. Oh right, because you were there for the I language. I was there anyways. for the language. I was yeah. that obsessed. <laughs> I see. And you, you had already uh, um, realized you wanted to be an English teacher, right? But at, at that point. Absolutely. Uh, okay. I, I, when I was still in school, uh, the first school, the first school was LSC. Today's it's become another school. It's called EC now. Uh, there, they have this course called TEFL which is mm -hmm. a good course and then i was like yeah i'm gonna do this because you know if i can teach that means my english is it's it's going okay i can trust it okay now. and then i took and i fell in love with it so i was like mm. this this has been it the entire time and i hadn't yeah. seen it i hadn't realized oh, it that's and, so nice. and, and that's yeah and then uh a, a good friend of mine abraão he he went to Canada for a month and he took the CERTISO, which is a very important mm -hmm. certificate for us teachers. 
And then mm-hmm. that became my goal. I'm going to do that because that is a, a very serious course that's going to allow me to teach. All right. So, so you were already making plans uh, yes, our, for your career, right? For your future career. Yes, because I, I knew I was going to come back at some point. And, and speaking about coming back, when uh, did you decide? I mean, what made you decide when to come back to Brazil? Because uh, you were making money, you were like... Well, the, the first thing is that I had a one-year visa, right? Uh, okay. And you have to, when you're, you cannot play games with the law, you've got to be very serious about it. I knew I could get an extension. Mm-hmm. I was going to have to mm-hmm. pay for it. Uh, but I, w- I was just spending everything I had on food, on rent, okay. and on my education. So I was taking more courses at night, working the day. And I was studying like, like a lot, really. I even had a, a teacher. I, I hired the teacher uh, because I wanted to study grammar. And guys, this is because I wanted to be a teacher. I was very serious about mm-hmm, this. Sure. Right? So I really mm-hmm. wanted to to know my thing, you know. Uh, but I, you know, the, uh, the time to come back was getting closer, right? And you mm-hmm. see it coming at the corner and you were like, yeah yeah what am i gonna do now and then mm-hmm. yeah that was that, that that was that was hard it, it mm. was, what was it like moving back uh I, I can define it with one word really it is it is mm. depression <laughs> uh, it, yeah like I... It, it i love brazil i love my country i never say bad things about my country i think it's wonderful uh-huh. i think we have problems but every everywhere you go they have problems so sure. i am i'm I, I love my country i you know i hope things will get better for us and i never uh-huh. said bad things about brazil when i was there i heard uh-huh. lots of brazilians do it i never did it and um uh-huh. but the thing is i I was having the time of my life, so it was difficult to say goodbye to that and and face reality and come back. So leaving mm. it all behind was, well, that was one of the, the like at that time of my life, it was the hardest thing I had ever done. So like I, I didn't want to come back. <laughs> you had mm-hmm. to see the scene at the airport. Uh, really? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was it was like bloody ridiculous. And- I was crying my heart out. You know, I couldn't. I, stop. I could. I couldn't control it. <laughs> I did. I know. <laughs> I oh I no, know. another year, please. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. Walter, I've been there. I did the same thing. Like I made a scene in the at the airport, and not just once. You know, yeah. I won't even say how many times. But yeah, it's really hard coming back. I can see. You, you just get nostalgic. You're still there and you're already nostalgic. Yes, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't tell you how difficult it was, but you know, you've been through uh, uh, the same situation or at least similar situations. It's uh, it was it was very difficult. Yeah. Hmm. And do you still keep in touch with anybody you met there? Um, there was this Argentinian guy who worked with me. He was sort of like a dead figure to me oh yeah his name was uh i call him alfie his name was alfredo people call him like alf or or fred or Mm -hmm. whatever uh but yeah i I do keep in touch uh i do have other people like uh 
some other friends, especially Andre, uh, a friend from Canada. He was uh, he was this uh, makeup artist, and now he's in the U.S. He actually came and visited us here. He's a good friend of oh, mine. Hi. He was probably the best friend I've ever made there. You know. So, oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, you and I, we work at Cultura and we are teachers and we see the students uh, asking us questions specifically about Canada and not only t uh, teenagers, but young adults, adults, people who are uh, planning on working abroad, they want to immigrate, they want to get the work visa and everything. And um, can you maybe share any tips you might have with these learners who are really thinking about moving to Canada specifically sure. to work or to study? Sure. Um, tip number one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... Um, I don't, I don't want to sound like I know everything or, you know, sure. do this or do that. That would be... Not, but from, but, your, yeah. from your own experience, from my what, own what would you do if you What, what I can tell yeah. you that it's the first thing because I've seen it happen to other people. I've seen people who were absolutely heartbroken away from their families. I, I, I was mm -hmm. not that. Uh, that wasn't a problem. The first week was difficult because I uh, my host family was awful to me, but... Um, mm. Well, they're not nice, you know, they, they were not, they wouldn't, they treated me like a, a, a piece of furniture in the house. Oh, uh, they, no. they did. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mean to resent anybody, you know, I don't even know how those people are doing. But anyway, I yeah. think that the first thing is that you have to know yourself. You have to know uh, what you're doing, what you're putting yourself into, because it, first it, it like, It, it could be dangerous, you know. It is a very safe, very safe country, but it could be dangerous. You do not want to put yourself in, in, in any danger. So, if you were gonna go, how like how emotionally attached to your family you really are? You have to know that. Are you emotionally sure. independent? Can you live yeah. without your family? Can you be mm -hmm. alone for long periods of time? Uh, mm. if, if you are very communicative, it's probably going to be easier in terms of learning the language and making friends. If you're a mm -hmm. person who spends lots of time alone, uh, you have to take everything into account. If you're, if you're talking about Canada, even the weather, because the, if you're yeah. like, if you're, uh, leaning towards, you know, a more, If you're kind of a person who spends too much time alone, if you're uh, sad or depressed, that's not the best environment for you. You should oh, look for wow, somewhere. You should go somewhere else. If okay. you were like, I, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna work, you know, and and that's it. I'm okay being a, a, away from my family. I'm okay being alone. I am communicative. I can talk to people who I don't know. I am not a shy person. Things mm. happen faster. I see. Yeah. So first right. thing is you have to know yourself. And now uh, the, the, the most important thing that I cannot leave out of the math here mm. is the 
pure luck element. Ah, I was I was absolutely lucky, you know. Mm. I think that there were times in Canada that I don't know what I was living on because I just didn't have enough money. <laughs> and I'm, I and see. I look back and say, how did I make it? You know. So it, it's to me, it's absolutely miraculous. <laughs> you know, still, wow. like, I don't know what happened. You know. Now it's time for How'd You Say, the part of our show in which we ask each other vocabulary questions related to the conversation we've just had. So, uh, Walter, you used an expression, uh, the odds hmm. are against you. What did you mean by that? Well, uh, first, the word odds is something we can relate to chance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so remember that I said that everything's about luck. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if you say that the odds are against you, then we're saying that basically it, this is going to be difficult, right? So the odds Same. are against you. Um, that's one expression that you, you that use uh, people use in terms of uh, games, like mm -hmm. you know, you need luck to win when you're betting. Such games, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. for example, like uh, like poker, whatever, then mm -hmm. you use like the the odds are against you in some case like that, but you can use it in any conversation in which you mean, yeah, this something here is going to be very difficult. So you need to be lucky in this I case. See. Yeah. The, the, the odds are against you. All right. Thank you. Pachi, uh, you use the expression face the music. Oh yeah. Face the music means, uh, you have to face the situation. You have to, uh, Even though it might be hard or difficult at times, you are courageous and then you go and you, you face it. You, you want to solve your problems. You want to tackle whatever comes. So oh. it's when you are brave enough to do whatever. It's, it's a very nice expression. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it, it doesn't sound like, a, I don't know, it sounds poetic. Or yeah, something. it does, definitely. Face yeah. the music. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It's a beautiful one. You used one that uh, I, I I haven't heard for a very long time. It's about to cut his teeth. And you were talking about a specific person. Can you explain a little bit the meaning? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, my friend, Rodrigo, mm -hmm. and he never got a, a chance to cut his teeth. Um, mm -hmm. uh, to cut your teeth, to cut one's teeth is to have um, a first job experience. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you go to university, you study for a certain uh, time, and then you have to find a job. But then, because you have no experience, nobody's going to give you a job doing what you study to do. Mm -hmm. So, right. but you need you need that you need that mm -hmm. so you can cut your teeth. I see. Interesting. Yep. Very nice yep. expression. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh yes, and also you said everything worked out worked out in the end mm, what right. can you tell us about this workout yeah, with we, this meaning that's right uh, it might sound weird because we usually say workout i went to the gym and i worked out all day but uh, in this case uh, everything was okay at the end uh, everything uh, worked well so i could do everything that i needed to do it was a happy ending let's say 
Great. Great. And and if you haven't heard these terms in our conversation, you may listen to this episode again and try to spot them all. Uh, well, it's been truly interesting to talk about these issues with my dear friend Walter here. I hope you've enjoyed listening along and that the experiences shared here are useful to you if you ever think about moving abroad. Next week, we'll be talking about immersing yourself in another culture. Follow us on Spotify and please leave your comments about this episode. We would love to know your opinions. We are also on Instagram at Cultura Inglesa Oficial. And once again, thank you very much, Walter. See you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for new chapters of the Cultura Inglesa podcast.